Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, your advantage. The Holy Spirit, your advantage. And there's a reason we're going to look at what the advantage or advantages are in the person of the Holy Spirit, and his operation in our lives. But first, I want to attribute this next part of this sermon to Jason O'Rourke, our head usher, who came up to me and told me, he said, I once knew a king who was 12 inches tall. He wasn't much of a king, but he was a good ruler. Yeah, he gets the applause. Okay. <laughs> James chapter 3 and verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, in other words, or, or in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Has anybody already screwed that part up? Okay, all right. Good. I felt like I was alone there for a second. So he says, if you stumble in your words, you stumble in your walk, right? If you stumble in your words, you stumble in your walk. But if you control your words, if you control your tongue, then you control your life. Verse three, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths. Now, he's going to give us some illustrations about... um, what this looks like, the power of words. We put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. Hmm? So truly, only you can prevent forest fires. What comes out of your mouth. And the tongue is a fire. Here's the encouraging verse of the day. (laughs) The tongue, if you're thinking about getting a scripture tattoo, I recommend this one. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. God bless you. (laughs) All right, so this is the condition of that little member called the tongue in your mouth. It has no good intentions, in other words. The nature of it is corrupt. It's set on fire by hell. And as a matter of fact, it's so set among our members. In other words, we're so connected to it that it has the ability to defile the whole body. But what if we trained our tongue to say the right thing? Then we then take charge of our lives. And not only do we take charge of our lives, this is the number one way to have self-control. It starts with the tongue. I mean, that verse is quite negative, but it is true. And since 
that negative is true, then the antithesis must also be true, right? So if you can defile your body with your words, you can also purify your body with your words. So like I said, your tongue is the primary key to self-control. Every beast, verse 7, every beast, every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been, and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. All right? So it is an unruly, everybody say unruly. It's an unruly but full of deadly poison. Okay, so you cannot tame it, but you can control it. All right? Just know it's never going to catch on. It's never going to catch on. You're going to have to be the master of it all the time. But you have the ability to master it. Right? We hear people say things, uh, dumb things. I can't help it. I just say what's on my mind. Yeah, you can help it. Yes, you can. Right? You have a choice. This is one of the greatest gifts God gave us is a choice. So you don't have to say it. Right? So your tongue is this unruly evil. How many of you know it's so much easier to talk negative than it is positive things? It's much easier to point out the errors and the faults of others than it is to compliment. I'm talking about just naturally. Your spirit wants to do something else, but your tongue doesn't find the ability to do that because it is set on fire by hell. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, if we can turn there for a moment. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. This is a great verse of scripture to grab a hold of, and I'm, I know we're talking about the Holy Spirit, but we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit is here to do in giving us the advantage in this world. And if you get your words right, then you always live at an advantageous point, don't you? If you get your words right. Let us hold fast, hold fast the confession of our hope. All right? If this is something you're having to hold fast to, that means something is trying to take it away from you. All right? The world, flesh, the devil, all kinds of things out there vying for your confession. But it says, let us hold fast the confession of our what? Of our hope. Or the King James Version says, faith. Either or, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. In other words, he holds fast. He's faithful. And you can know that as you hold fast to the confession of your hope, then you're going to see his word, his promises materialize in your life. But you know, it's, it's an easy thing to cut and run. There's a man by the name of Shama, um, and you can, you can read in, I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 23, and there's a list of David's mighty men. Now, he had a lot of mighty men of war in his army. But there are 30 specific names listed as his mighty men. But then there are these three who are at the top of David's list. And, and even so, it even talks about uh, another three, but what it says about those three is that they could not attain to the first three. So these three stand out. And their names were Adino, Eleazar, and Shama. All right? And so there's something that they all had, this thread that, the, of, that puts them together. You can see something about them, a characteristic that stands out of, from the rest. And that main characteristic was pure tenacity. But when it talks about Shama, Shama, it says that 
that the Philistines had, had gathered their troops in a bean field or a field of lentils. And it says, and the people fled for their lives, but Shammah stationed himself in the bean field. And he stationed himself there in defiance to this foreign invasion. And it says, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Listen to me. You holding fast your confession of faith, your confession of hope, may be at the moment or may feel like a very lonely experience. Because when the pressure's on, when the pressure comes, a lot of people just cut and run. It's not worth the fight. It's not worth this. It's easier just to run. But this says you got to hold fast because if you'll hold fast your confession of faith, you allow then the Lord to bring about a great victory. This victory was not only for Shammah, but it was for the entire nation of Israel. And your victory will in turn be other people's victories. But, it's in, but notice it is the confession. In other words, it's what we're saying that matters. Your words, they carry authority. But you and I, this is why we need help from the Holy Spirit. Because we, in and of our own strength, we have, we have moments where we stumble in our words. There are times. But I, I, I want to encourage you to, what, to look at your, your own life and to examine what am I talking about on a regular basis? What's the, what's the normal kind of conversation that I'm, that I'm having? Am I, am I one that finds myself parroting the stuff that I'm reading, the news and all this stuff? Am I just passing on the negativity or am I an agent of change? Am I one to bring light in this darkness, to speak light, and to speak life into this death and healing into this sickness? Verse 9 of James 3 says, With it, that is with the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Not everybody should sound like a politician. So the Lord has provided a way to help us with this problem of the tongue. And maybe we'll just call it the bilingual advantage. You know, it is advantageous to be bilingual in this world, isn't it? There are certain jobs you can get if you're bilingual. Um, Shane and Allison Burke, their little girl, Riley Burke, told you this story before, but I, when she was first enrolling in school, I think it was in first grade or maybe even kindergarten. I don't remember. She was little. And uh, she had to fill out this questionnaire. And on the questionnaire, she noted, she checked the box bilingual. And her mother said, you're not bilingual. She said, mom, I pray in English and I pray in the Holy Spirit. And she said, I guess you're right. I guess you are bilingual. We also had another little girl named uh, Savannah, uh, Casey and Pastor Casey and Paris Stone's daughter. She uh, got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues when she was about seven or eight years old. And, and it was during a prophetic conference that we had here a few years ago. And we were having some finger foods over at this house here. And so Casey told me that he said, hey, uh, Savannah uh, received the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, really? So I just 
bent down to her to, so I could look at her eye level. I said, so you talk in that funny language? And she said, yeah. Now I say what I really want to say. <laughs> I said, that's good theology right there. <laughs> we see this desire. We all have this innate desire to have the advantage. You're born with that desire. Otherwise, you never would have stopped crawling as a baby. Somewhere along the way, you had to get up on your own two feet to have the advantage. And it's in us to live our lives with the advantage because we are called by God to have dominion, to subdue the earth, and to rule well, to rule our lives well. Um, <clears throat> I want to just give you the definition of advantage. Any state, circumstance, opportunity, or means specially favorable to success, interest, or any desired end. Superiority or ascendancy, a position of superiority. Now, John chapter 16, verse 7. Look what Jesus says to his disciples as he's nearing the end of his ministry. And he says this most astonishing thing. Now, to us, it's not as astonishing as it must have been to them in this moment when he said it. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. How many of you think that that's advantageous if Jesus goes away? <laughs> For if I do not go away, here's why. The, whole, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Imagine how these guys must have felt. How can it possibly be to our advantage that you leave us? I'm sure it must have been a bit unsettling for these guys because they didn't know the measure of the Holy Spirit as they would soon know. They were thinking, you know, it was just a matter of time and then Jesus is going to overthrow this Roman Empire and get the kingdom of God at work here and set up his kingdom and rule the world with them by his side on their thrones that he promised them. But this makes no sense. What do you mean you're leaving? How, how is that possibly to our advantage? But Jesus is telling them without telling them in that moment that we, what you and as every believer here in this room understands that the Lord being with you is different than the Lord being in you. The whole different reality of Christ in you, the hope of glory. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives, abides, dwells in you. Praise God. So he said it's to your advantage. He said this so you and I could live in the spirit like he did. The word says, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh and your sons. Here's the result of that outpouring. Something, it's going to affect their lives in this way. It's going to affect what they say, number one. They will prophesy or they will utter divine revelation. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. The Holy Spirit himself is your advantage. When, when we, read, we read in Matthew chapter 7, it says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. <clears throat> and then, he, then Jesus says, Which of you... Fathers, who has a son, if he asks for bread, you'll give him a stone. If he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion. If he asks for this, you'll give him a serpent. He says, if you then, being evil by your, your own nature, 
know, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? That's a good, good verse, isn't it? All those verses there. But when we, that's Matthew 7, 7 through 9. But when you go to Luke chapter 11, 11 through 13, he, it, the wording has changed. And he says, if you then being evil know how to give good things or good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So what, what is Jesus saying? In the person of the Holy Spirit is every good thing from God. All right? The Spirit of the one who is the one who is revealing what has been given to us by God. Every good thing, every good gift, and every perfect gift which comes from above. So he is our benefit. He is with him, and in him you are in a constant position of superiority. Not because of works of righteousness that you've done, but because the Spirit lives in you. Amen. So with him, you live in a constant state of, uh, and circumstance and opportunity or means specially favorable to success, interest, or any desired end. The sign or evidence that the Spirit had come to these guys was that they spoke a different language. And when they spoke this new language, the whole dynamic of their life changed. Because at one time, we, we, can, we can see this starkly in the life of the Apostle Peter, who was all in, all or nothing, and constantly uh, letting Jesus know how important he is to Jesus. I would die with you, though all are made to stumble. I will not deny you. Well, he was the one who denied him, wasn't he? Peter was the same guy after Jesus rose from the dead. He's out fishing with his guys. Jesus is on the shore, and, and, and they have that miracle catch of 153 fish. And John says, hey, duh, that's the Lord there. And Peter, who doesn't have any clothes on while he's out there fishing, puts his clothes on and then jumps in the water. I mean, this guy is just like. But when this happened, all of that wavering stopped. All of that uncertainty, all of that striving, it stopped. Because now, Peter is not afraid to confess Jesus Christ of, of Nazareth, even before the magistrates who have the power and the authority to take his life. This advantage is an incredible advantage, and it's something I believe, and I myself have found Myself at fault in this, that we, this is something that we don't take advantage of enough. Is this incredible gift of the Spirit? Because here's the thing. We don't always say the right words, but the Holy Spirit always does. And if he is helping you not to stumble in words, guess what? Your life is going to go in a better direction. Because the language of the Holy Spirit is an expression of him. So they spoke in tongues. So what's the point of that? I mean, how does that help us? How does that comfort us? How does that guide us? The Holy Spirit is God, just like the Father is God and the Son is God. And part of living our lives under the influence of the Spirit is praying in the Holy Spirit. And I want to just give you for a couple more minutes some of those perks, some of those advantageous perks or advantages of this mysterious phenomenon called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, 
verses 25 through 28. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered or put into words, or put into words that we understand, is how it's really translated. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because, verse 27, because he makes intercession for the saints, that is for you, according to the will of God. All right. You might not always know the very specific thing to pray about concerning the will of God in your life. That's why the Holy Spirit is here to help you. To give you an utterance to speak, not of your own manufacturing, not of your own resource, but of himself. And it is him who gives you this utterance. And if you'll submit your tongue and your vocal cords to this to the Spirit of God and let Him declare the will of God, then verse 28 comes to pass. And we know all things. Say all things. That means all things. That means every situation. All things work together for good. See, that's, that's the purpose. That's the intended purpose of the will of God that you end up in good no matter what situation you're in right now. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the call according to the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is helping us in our weaknesses. And He's giving us words that we don't understand. He's given us words to utter. And so that when we utter those words, we are uttering the purpose and the will of God on the earth. And so therefore we know that our situation is going to turn out for good. He says, we do not know what we should pray. That's why we have the Spirit to help us. And Paul said, I'm going to do both things. Here's the conclusion I've come to when it comes to the baptism of the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. I am taking advantage of this perk. Amen. Amen. And Paul admits here the weakness of humanity. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. And we many times are, are so emotional or, or we have the wrong mindset that we don't pray the right way. But the Spirit always knows, and He always does. So when you pray in the Spirit, you always pray the right thing. You pray the will of God. And let, let me go to one last verse. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. Why is that important to know that the Spirit is praying the will of God to us because John teaches us something really powerful here. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. All right? He is the expressway, if you will, for you receiving what you've asked for from God. All right, when the Holy Spirit, how many of you believe that when the Holy Spirit prays, he gets results? <laughs> Amen. So, I mean, determine in your own life. Set your tongue on course for the right thing. Train it. Master it. And submit it to the Spirit of God. Pray as you know to pray. Speak the Word of God. Declare His promises. But let the Holy Spirit Pray for things you don't know what to pray for or how, because he's always got your best interest in mind to pray the will of God over your life. Thank you, Father, for this time together, Lord. Thank you for the spirit of God, the advantage that we have in having he who raised Jesus from the dead living in us. Since that same power 
is resident in us. That means, God, you conquered death. Anything's possible for you. So we thank you right now for victory. God, I thank you for whatever situations, God, are in this room where people need your help. They need clarity. They need understanding. They need wisdom. They need a breakthrough. Lord, they need provision. They need healing. I thank you that you are that right now for them. And you are generously supplying it because Jesus Christ paid it all. So we declare your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives here. Spirit of God, I pray that you would comfort and strengthen these believers here today. And as they submit, Lord, their own tongues to you, Lord, that you'll show them the advantage of life in the Spirit. You'll show them in the advantage of, of praying in other tongues, uttering words by the Spirit, so that their lives, Lord, will be more purposeful in their aim. Lord, that, that, that their steps would be more established. They'll be stronger. And Lord, that where they go, they'll truly live at an, in an advantageous position. Thank you for this people. God, I pray that you would grant to them great grace and great peace. Thank you, Lord, that all of these benefits that we have start when we first believe Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. Bless you, Father. Thank you for doing here what only you can do, that your people would continually live and experience your supernatural intervention in the natural course of life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want to thank all of you for being here today. We love you very much. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.